Get ready to unleash your inner fire with two badass ginger women who mean business. They're here to challenge the status quo and disrupt the traditional corporate world. Join them as they share their unfiltered thoughts and experiences on entrepreneurship, leadership, and navigating the business world as fierce redheads. From dealing with discrimination to harnessing the power of their unique personalities, they'll leave you feeling inspired and ready to conquer your own business ventures. So grab your headphones and let's ignite the world of business together. This is the Ginger Rage Podcast. Hi, friends, and uh, welcome back to another riveting episode of the Ginger Rage Podcast. I am Courtney. And I'm Sarah. Welcome back for episode two. uh, Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is our full, uh, first full content episode. Uh, We've got a lot of things on the agenda. It has been a week. Um, But before we do that, for those of you who are joining us for episode two, thank you for coming back. Um, Unexpected, but we're glad you're here. For those who are new, hi, we're sorry in advance, Um, but just so you know why we're all here, right? The whole purpose of this podcast, it's your space. We want women in corporate America to have a space to share their stories and experiences to hopefully uplift and maybe inspire other women in corporate America. So, And to ask for some advice. and, uh... And to ask for some advice. Yeah. And Sarah and I will impart our wisdom, which I'm sure... Uh, this far in, you're like, what wisdom do either of you? Yeah, Surpri- uh, surprisingly really enough, here? we've been doing this uh, <laughs> collectively for over 20 years, and we've <clears throat> we've seen some stuff in that time. We've we have seen some stuff. So, uh, Sarah, what are we covering today? Today we are covering feedback. Uh, I think we've all had hmm. both good feedback, bad feedback, feedback delivered poorly. And, uh, you know, we're going to cover some experiences that both Courtney and I have had, also some experiences that we've heard from all of you. And I think we'd like to kick it off with some, with an article I actually read from the Harvard Business Review I'd like to share. And um, I'm going to read a quote and I'd love to get your take on it. So right out of the gate, it says, Research shows women are 20% less likely to receive actionable feedback that can contribute to their Mm -hmm. performance and growth at work. Managers are often hesitant to give women negative feedback due to concerns about around how they will respond. More specifically, they fear their feedback will be interpreted as mean or hurtful. These assumptions largely based or built on gender-based stereotypes can have direct repercussions on women's careers. So there's there's a lot to unpack okay. in this quote. I would say that the first part, lot. yes, I think we yeah. have historically seen, um, you know, myself included, that we don't get as candid or upfront or actionable feedback. Okay. But then I, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on the rest. I, I mean... Definitely the first sentence of that quote about 20% less likely to get actionable feedback. Um, And I think actionable feedback is a problem in and of itself, regardless of gender, but we'll hold that for a second. 
the piece of this that I take umbrage with and not like Dolores umbrage, <laughs> but like actual umbrage, um, is this concept that women aren't receiving feedback because it's, it might be mean or hurtful. Like, is this, is this a woman providing feedback or is this a man providing feedback? Cause I think I could argue. And again, I'm going to generalize gentlemen. I know there are amazing. I know it's not all men. Like we, we get it. <laughs> it's not all men, but like the vast majority of men in leadership in my experience, like do not even think about feelings. They don't think about how their words impact other people, whether they're spoken or written. They just like verbal or type diarrhea and then like move on with their day. Meanwhile, the women at the other end of that are obsessing over that piece of feedback for the rest of their lives. And you know what? Literally. It also feels like a cop-out, right? It feels like someone said, do, well, yeah. do not give women good feedback because you're afraid they're going to be emotional. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 totally. That's the reason. That's what it is. Uh, but I think it, it may be even a little bit more insidious than that. I think that when they see, when a male leader sees himself in a uh, male employee, is giving actionable feedback to help propel that person up in their career. And then uh, in the same role, potentially, giving them, well, yeah, yeah, you're fine. It's good. Good job. Moving on. And they're not kind of doing that, uh, I'm not wrapping my, my arms around you, putting you under my wing to help grow your career. You know, whether or not that's gender based, but that I, I was seeing a lot of that myself, you know. Let me ask this. Was this article written by a woman? It was. It was. So I, I feel like there might be a little bit of projection there. Or, just or maybe trying to rationalize. You know, I have received or maybe trying to rationalize. so much poor feedback, but I see my male peers receiving really good, critical, potentially critical feedback that helps them improve themselves. And I'm not seeing that. And and why is that? And her rationale in this case was, oh, maybe it's this. And then, you know, everyone around her was like, yeah, that makes sense. But she's right. It's based yeah. on stereotypes that we're going to be more emotional. And <laughs> I think you and I have seen over and over again. Oh my God. Gentlemen, anger ones. is an emotion too. I'm just Ooh. saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Hmm. Uh, so I guess that kind of leads us into, you know, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. hold on. Before we leave here, before we leave here, there was, a, so as you sent it to me, I read it. There was another piece of this article that, um, that caught me. And it was this idea that women are responsible for seeking out the feedback. And it, it's really giving women tips and tricks on how to more effectively elicit feedback yeah from their leaders as opposed to a leader being a leader and actually being able to do that proactively. Yeah. Right? And I, I will say when I first read this article, I was like, this is great. So many good tips and not thinking about the reverse of it, which was like, why is this falling to us? And, you know, there are good tips in there for when we sort of have to do that because we're not getting mm -hmm. the appropriate leadership or mentorship or feedback that we need. And sure, there are good tips, but to really think about this critically, why is this falling to me when leaders need to be leaders? Right. And yeah. <sighs> Can I get on a soapbox Please. just for a second? I just, I just, I need to get on a soapbox. Okay. So 
There's a huge difference between a leader and a boss. And I feel like there are a lot of bosses out there, men and women, and not enough leaders. And I want to talk about this specific to feedback, right? Bosses, Sarah, you've heard of, before I continue, you've heard of sandwich feedback, right? Okay. For those who are not familiar, sandwich feedback is when you come in and you give a compliment and then constructive feedback, and then you follow it up with a compliment. Bosses sort of swoop in from nowhere with like no context, previous relationship, drop this sandwich in your lap and then take off never to be seen again, right? Mm -hmm. For those of you who are listening and you want to be good leaders, leaders lead in large part by positivity, right? Like they are your biggest cheerleader. They are constantly building you up and complimenting you on the things that you do well. Sarah, what happens when you get complimented? Uh, You feel great. You feel inspired. You feel great. You feel inspired. And when you feel great and you feel inspired, you want to try harder to be even better, right? And so you you try harder to be better and you get complimented. And what happens in that sort of a relationship is at some point, those employees in this effort to continue to improve because they feel so amazing, they start to seek out feedback, mm-hmm. Right. They start to ask proactively, what can I do to be better? Or even they develop a self-awareness to be able to identify when they didn't do something to the best of their ability, and they will come and they will talk to you about it, right? That is leadership. And in that context, sandwich feedback is great, right? Because you've got this leader who is building their team up, and when you come in and you give them a compliment with constructive feedback, followed with a compliment, that is a really healthy relationship. But I, th- I, th- I think sandwich feedback is typically given by bosses. And so the only time your boss compliments you is when you do something wrong. Right. And so that positive feedback then becomes a trigger, right? Like you're being conditioned mm-hmm. to react negatively to positive feedback, which, oh, boo hiss. And you're you're also especially women, right? Like we are not good at being complimented. I am the worst at being complimented. I will deflect. I will joke. I will use humor. I'll pass to, it like, to my take team. All attention it was my team. Me. It was a yes. collaborative effort. <laughs> collaborative yes. effort. Yes, which, which yes. many times. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so what you're doing is you're conditioning the employee to inherently not believe you because they think that you are just finding anything to compliment them on to be able to soften that feedback, which, man, that's terrible. That's awful. It really is. But there are two things that I think you touched on that I want to shine a light on is that one is consistency. The leader is consistently giving this positive reinforcement And then the second thing is actionable, actionable criticisms. And again, that's that partnered with the consistency means that I'm not 
beating myself up sitting under my desk crying. I'm saying, no, I'm doing an awesome job. And here's my boss to give me actionable steps. They're like, hey, this was great. This one missed the mark. And, and here's why. And here's what you can do to improve for next time. This is not you know, a judgment on you as a person. This is simply like, I'm going to keep helping you uh, take the next steps up in your career. And that consistency mm-hmm. and actionable, whether you know positive or negative, I think is a huge part of yeah. that. And that comes from a leader, not a boss yeah. checking a box. Right. And bosses have a really bad habit of just dropping the feedback and mm-hmm. flying away, right? Like when you give constructive feedback as a leader, that your job is not over. Your job is then to work with that yep. person on your team to figure out exactly what they need to do to improve, to constantly check in and see how they're feeling, if they're doing better, to continue to give constructive feedback so that they can so that they can be successful yeah. in achieving what you have asked them to and achieve. And then when it comes to the annual review, you know, it's something we've all heard from our, our HR teams over and over again, you should never be surprised by your performance You should review. never be surprised. And when you're a leader and you're giving that consistent feedback, actionable feedback, you get to the review time and it's just a review of all that great feedback and all the great things that you've seen your employee achieve instead of being like, mm-hmm. ah, this is the time where I'm going to bring it all up. Like, let's go. <laughs> We're going to bring up everything exactly. that I, I didn't think hit the mark with you. That's not the time to do this. And if you're a leader and you're giving that uh, consistently, you can sit down and be like, great. Now, where do we go from here? What does that look like? Yeah, exactly. And like, what does that kind of a review do to your team? Like, it completely demoralizes them. <sighs> yes. And you're not going to get the best effort yeah. of that employee for the upcoming year. Like they're going to lose motivation. They're just going to do what's required of them and not go the extra mile they're gonna job hunt <laughs> because they're going to job hunt and as they should. Um, so no, if you are, if you are aspiring to be a great leader, right, take all of that into consideration, but I'm going to leave you with this. And this is a really important point. If you want to be an exceptional leader, An exceptional leader, when they give feedback, the first step that they do, if something goes wrong and they need to give constructive feedback, is they look in the mirror and they say, how did I fail my team? What did I do that resulted in this situation? Not clear. And when they- directions, you know, it wasn't a skill set that they had. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Maybe you didn't provide enough like air cover. Like it's it's totally fine. But when great leaders give their teams feedback, the first thing that they do is compliment and then they accept responsibility for the things that they didn't do well and how they might have failed their team. And then they ask for feedback first so that the team has an opportunity to voice how they feel about their leadership. It becomes a conversation, right? right? Because if you're saying, and they're like, it becomes a conversation. I should have asked more questions. You can say, yeah, you know what? I should have been cleaner or clearer in that uh, first initial instructions that I gave you for this. And then we could have come together. Mm -hmm. We should have checked in a little bit more. 
we should have, you know, done a draft or a run through. And, you know, maybe it's just a little bit on each side. I mean, usually I think is uh, everyone could take a exactly. little bit of responsibility for those actions. So, yep. Absolutely. And then a, an exceptional leader will give that constructive feedback. An exceptional leader will tell the employee what exactly what they think they should do in order to improve yep. or what their expectations are for them in order for them yeah. to improve. And then they'll come up with an action plan with regular check-ins. Yep. That is what an exceptional leader does. Absolutely. In my opinion. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, <laughs> to just wrap this this section up, Actionable, consistent, and self-reflection are the themes of being a great leader in in the area of feedback, mm-hmm. which probably probably across the board as well. But I would definitely across the board. And this is yes. like this is men and women, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Like this is yeah. not lady specific. So gents, if you are out there listening, please take that to heart because you will be a much better leader and quite frankly, person. Yeah that your teams will respect, right? They'll respect your opinion. So when you give that constructive criticism, they're not like eye rolling and teamsing their friends about <laughs> the nonsense that you just exactly. told them. Because we're doing that. And to <laughs> just continue on with that same theme, this is not just for critical feedback or constructive feedback. This is also for, you know, and I think it was touched on in this article. There were a couple other ones that we were kind of flipping through when discussing this episode. But something that I've personally seen in my career is not necessarily my my critical feedback. It's when things have been done well. And when you see counterparts get, hey, this is what went well. These are some actions to make it better. Women sometimes get the flip and say, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it was good. It was great. You did a great job. And obviously. When you hear someone say you did a great job, you feel great. You feel fantastic. But that's also not actionable. What what specifically went really well? What didn't go as well? You, again, going back to it has to be actionable. It you know it has to be actionable. we're not saying like every interaction. You can't say, hey, that was a great job. But it would be more beneficial if you said, you know what? When you did that project, X, Y, and Z, that really kicked ass. I loved how you managed this project. I loved how you held people accountable and you sent out check-in emails, you know, whatever the case may be, following it up with what went well so it can be a repeatable process uh, is so much more uh, valuable than just saying, hey, yeah, great job. Good job. Moving on. Yeah. I mean, you're you're reinforcing the exact behaviors that you want to continue. Absolutely. And- building them up on the things that they are inherently good at because we're not good at everything, right? Like we're human. There's always room for improvement. Yeah. But when you know what your strengths are, it becomes a lot easier to act as a cohesive team yeah. and to know like where people can pick up other people's weaknesses, In, right? On my own team, we talk a lot about what are our superpowers and Mm-hmm. Just because it's it makes it a little bit fun, you know. What are areas that you absolutely? It makes it fun, and at? who doesn't want to be a yeah, superhero? Where do you kick ass and really focusing on? <laughs> well, this person, man, ask them how to, you know, project manage something. Ask them if you want information on this, um, because that they they become well known for it. They grow in that area, and not that they can't grow their weaknesses as well. But we like to focus on some of the things that they just absolutely 
rock oh, stars for at. sure. And like leaders, give your team their opportunity to shine. Like nothing drives me more bananas than leaders who take credit for their team's work. Yes. Listen to me, leaders. You look incredible when your team shines. Yeah. Give them every opportunity to shine. Give every kudos you can. If someone says, hey, Courtney, that was a great deck. I'm like, it was an excellent deck. This is something that Sarah put together. And I think she did an excellent yeah. job, right? Like make sure people know Absolutely. who did the work for the Absolutely. love. <laughs> no, I mean, I think um, as I was first becoming a manager and a leader, um, something my dad would say would be hire the people around you that are smarter and better than you. Yes. And I think that's yes. what you hear pretty commonly, but uh, I love that. I love that my team is smarter than me in a lot of ways. And they yeah, absolutely. They have strengths that are different from my own. They have strengths that are different from each other's, from each other. But I think um, that's what makes an, an amazing team. Is That's what makes an amazing <laughs> Otherwise, team. Otherwise, you know, you have blind spots you didn't know you even had because you hired too much of the same. And that goes down a whole other path. But I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but for now... Are we ready to move on to uh, some submissions from our listeners? Yeah, we can absolutely. Which is actually really exciting. This is only our second episode, and we already heard from all of you. Uh, Keep it coming. So thank you. We didn't even give you much content in the first one, and we still had people come back. I mean, this is very exciting for us. It's very exciting. So I'd like to read one of the submissions that we got, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And then I will share yeah. my own. Okay. Are we I ready? Love it. Okay. Ready. This is from Born Ready, Anonymous. Sarah. Uh, I am a 34 <laughs> year old management consultant located in New York Ugh. City, originally from California. I regularly receive feedback that I sound young and that makes me appear like I don't know what I'm talking about. The men on our leadership team have told me I need to work on this and I just don't know how. Uh, They have recently changed the messaging to, I need to work on my executive presence, but I really don't know where to start. What would you recommend? Oh, that's, that's very frustrating. All right. Like this is so incredibly non-actionable feedback. I think the, like this feedback, first of all, like we're going to, in a second, we're going to go down a little rabbit hole about the types of feedback that women receive that men clearly do not receive. And this is one of those types. I think the only thing that really gets my goat more, and this was something that I've seen very frequently, uh, come promotion season, right. In consulting, in the consulting world, uh, you put yourself up for promotion and then you get feedback if you're not ready to go for, like, if you're not ready to be promoted so that you can work on it for the upcoming year. And the feedback that we were consistently receiving on folks that were getting turned down for promotion was they need more time. What does that mean? I'm sorry. So you're telling me they're doing a great job. They're doing everything that you want them to do in order to move to the next level. They just need to be older. I don't understand. I hate that. That, Like that is the only one that trumps (laughs) not actionable at all. That is the only one that really trumps this feedback on a, what a woman's voice, right? right? Which is feedback that would never be given to a man. Like Sarah, we're from Boston. Could you ever imagine someone giving, 
Chris in finance feedback that he needs to stop speaking in a Boston accent because he sounds stupid. I mean, it wouldn't be given quite that, quite that way, right? Chris needs to change his accent because he is undermining his skill set and he needs to work on his executive presence. Could you ever see that as something? I couldn't. And and I think it's because generally our voices are, can be higher, are higher and is perceived as young. And why does me either looking or sounding young uh, take away from my experience and the fact that I'm good at my job? It absolutely mm-hmm. does not. So what they're saying is be what? More like your male counterparts? Because that's kind of how it feels. Yeah. And so anonymous from New York, what I would say to you is when you receive feedback like this, that is not actionable, not helpful. I want you to ask as many questions as you need to to get the information that you need to be successful, right? So in this situation, thank you for that feedback. I really appreciate it. Would you mind defining for me what executive presence is? And if they still don't answer, just keep changing the question to be more and more specific until you feel confident that you have what you need to and move forward. And I think too, even bringing it back to specific examples. Okay, when I did this presentation, yes, what was it uh, that was not up to the executive presence you were expecting? I do these a lot, and I want to make sure that I am saying the right things, presenting myself in the right fashion. And if you keep asking the why and more about it, the more they'll be forced to define it. And the more mm-hmm. you'll have some ammo to come back and say, hey, I I ticked these boxes. So if it's not that, uh, explain to me what it is. And important component here, right? You are going, this is clearly not coming from a leader. <laughs> you are going to have to CYA your way through this entire process. So when you have the conversation and you receive the feedback, I want you to follow it up with an email and document the conversation. Hi, thank you for the feedback that you gave me this morning, Charlie. Uh, Here is what we discussed. Here's our action plan moving forward. I would love to invite you to some sessions going forward so that I can continue to get some additional feedback. Put some additional time on the calendar so that you can follow up with him. Now you're forcing this person to do what they inherently should be doing if they were a good leader. It stinks that you have to, but at the end of the day, you need to look out for yourself first in this yeah, scenario was- because I don't want you to get a year-end review <laughs> where they're still like, yeah, your executive presence still isn't great. And you're like, what are you talking about? Like, we did all of these things. And then it's like amnesia of convenience. And they're like, oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. And you're like, seriously, yeah. dude. <laughs> and I know it goes back to the, oh, it shouldn't have to fall to women. But right now it does. And and don't be afraid to push back and ask the questions. It's It's so uncomfortable. I am not – it is so uncomfortable. confrontational person. We've had this conversation before. <laughs> I, I talk the talk, but in reality, I don't. It makes me very uncomfortable to push back and ask those questions. <laughs> of this duo, I am probably <laughs> the more confrontational of the two of us. <laughs> I'm, I'm the more, like, I, I will do everything in my power to smooth it out. But something I, I really tried very hard to is just asking the questions, not 
if you're not comfortable with a confrontation, you can say things like, oh, thank you so much. I'm constantly looking for more feedback as I grow my personal career. Um, I'm going to follow up with an email because I'd love to know in what areas you think I need to work on because I, I'm just trying to grow myself. So if you feel more comfortable saying something like that, you can. You can- oh, be so professional about yes. it. Like you can be confrontational and be You absolutely can. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely can. Um, but this is – this is such a great uh, a great email to receive. It, it's such a difficult it area. And so I do want – so I would love Anonymous in New York to, to give you my thoughts and opinions on how you might be able to improve your executive presence. Um, so executive presence at the end of the day is nothing more. It's corporate speak for – confidence. And that's it. It is corporate speak for confidence. So as you think about moving forward from here, I want you to walk into every room, whether it is virtual or in person, like you own it. And when I say like you own it, I don't mean like you are the smartest person in the room because that at the end of the day is not what this corporate game is about. I want you to walk into that room like you are the most emotionally intelligent person in it because odds are you are. You definitely are. (laughs) You definitely are. You are being so introspective and you've probably received this feedback and have been thinking about it for like a year, right? Like before you even, you know, sent it to us, this has probably been on your mind for how to improve. So you are the the most emotionally intelligent person in the room because this corporate game is not, it's not about intelligence. Please see the leaders above you. <laughs> it's not about intelligence. Uh, this game, if you want to be exceptionally successful, is all about relationships and reading people and responding accordingly. So every room you walk into, I want you to walk in like you own it and you are the most emotionally intelligent person in it because you are. Now, I know you're going to say we do a lot of things on Zoom. How do I do that virtually? Well, I'm going to tell you something you're probably not going to want to hear. You're going to have to rely on your camera. It's unfortunate, but I want you to turn it on. And when you are on a Zoom, the way that you walk into it like you own it is to make sure that you are looking directly into your camera. Now, for those of you who are listening to this on your earbuds without video, I'm looking into <laughs> my camera. For those who are watching this on a like a video format, doesn't it feel like Sarah, doesn't it feel like I'm connecting with it you does. on the screen? It does. Right? Um, it, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. See, another no, way please. I like to show up in the meeting is just no matter uh, I love to run a meeting. <laughs> Anyone who's worked with me know, knows that. Uh, but if I'm the first one to kick it off, I immediately feel like I'm in control. If I say, oh my gosh, hey everyone, yes. thanks so much for joining. Oh, hey, Courtney, great to see you. I'm going to have my camera on. Would love it if someone joined me. And then we're going to get right into it. We're going to give one more minute and then for everyone to join because uh, this is some great information. If you can just get in there and start welcoming people and start con- like having a conversation with each one of them, you're the person in the room. You own the meeting. You yes. own the relationship. And you are dictating how those next steps are going to go. Even if you don't feel really confident, I always feel like if I walk in and just start that, 
all of that nervousness sort of melts away. And now I own the meeting and now everyone's paying attention yes. to me. So, yes, yes. So use your camera. If you are presenting, which we all do, we all have to, right? Make sure that your presentation is on the screen that's directly below your camera so that you can look down really quickly, get the information that you need, and then come right back up to the camera. Sarah, what happens when I look over to my other screen here, but I'm still talking? Yeah, it just, it feels like whether it's true or not, you have something else going on. You're not fully invested in the meeting. Right. I, I don't know. Right. I mean, I can assume you're looking at the stuff, but by not seeing you engaging with me with eye contact, I'm not sure what you're doing on that other screen. Exactly. And, you know, right or wrong, people hear voices and they create a persona in their imagination, right? Like how many times have you, I, I think like radio announcers are a really great example of this, or even Zoom, like think about the people that you've heard off camera for so long. And then like one day they turn on your, on their camera and you're like, whoa, that is not <laughs> at all what I was expecting. Yes, okay. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, management consultant from NYC. I I feel you. I don't have a low voice. And I remember the first time I sort of found that out. It was like, whoa, because I, I do a lot of training. I listen to myself recorded a lot. It's like, whoa, that is not what I sound like. Horrifying. I sound younger. Editing this podcast is a lot of fun. <laughs> I do a lot of editing my own voice as well. And it's just, I I don't have a low voice. And sometimes that translates into sounding younger, maybe not knowing what I'm talking about. So I, I feel you. I feel like as I've grown as my own leader going in, just with that confidence, owning a meeting uh, has really helped me. But yeah, I understand your plight. <laughs> and women shouldn't have to change their business, their no. voices, right? Like this is it. You are you. Another thing I will say, and I don't know if you're doing this or not, but we as women have a tendency to try to soften literally everything that we do. And one of the ways that we do this is sometimes by making everything sound like a question, even though we're saying a statement. And when you do that, yep. right or wrong, people get it into their head that you are not confident and that undermines your skills yep. and Or talent your thoughts are up for debate, you know, and that's, or your thought, your thoughts are never not up for debate. debate. No. And Ever. even in the way that you say it, like, well, I think no. Uh, and yes. I, I do this all the time and I have to constantly remind myself, no, 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 no. I, I do it maybe more in written email where I've written something and say, oh, nope, take that think out. I want this, or this is my presentation. This is how I'm presenting it to you. Not, mm -hmm. well, in my opinion, or I think, or um, if you don't I mind, or in my honest opinion, just leave that part out. Hey, this is what I'm presenting you today. We can have a discussion about it. It's not, but it's presenting it as confident, as fact, or as intended, instead of putting the... Uh, some doubt around what you're saying. So keep that in mind exactly. as well. That is amazing advice, Sarah. And if you need to, if you do need to, like, I'm not saying you can't question, sure. you should question. There is, there is a time and a place for question. And a great time for it is when someone says something that you do not agree with or is categorically wrong. You can't come right out and say it, but don't, also don't let that rattle you. What I like to do is I like to try to ask questions to try to get the person to think about it in the way 
that I am thinking about it. Like, don't you think that blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. If we were to do something X, Y, and Z, do you feel like blah, 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 right? And try to gently yeah. coax them. Or even just asking, that you need oh, uh, that's a really interesting perspective. Can you tell me a little bit about how you came to that conclusion? Mm-hmm. Oh, tell me more. That's a great one. Interesting. Tell me more. Huh. I thought about it this way, but you you came at it interestingly. And sometimes you discover something you hadn't thought of, and sometimes you're just- of course letting them sort of dig their own hole, depending on the situation. But you can, <laughs> you can ask the question. Here is your shovel. Have fun. We'll, we'll let you get after it. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't let us stand in the way. Um, <laughs> Sarah, why are you throwing dirt down at me? Like, Just, fine. you're fine. You're fine. Um, hopefully, that was some good advice that you can take back with you in your meetings on Monday or uh, – we're recording yeah. this on a Saturday. I, I mean, feel like I should preface that. You're, this upcoming Monday. It's true. Yeah. We're recording on a Saturday. We're releasing on a Wednesday, maybe, maybe depending hey, on when things are. We're new post. to this guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, you know, at the end of the day, this is like that catch 22, right? You don't, you don't start with confidence slash executive presence. This is really a fake it till you make it. You are going to fake confidence until you feel confident because confident only comes through time and repetition. And you can practice so, too. You know, if you have you yeah. know, some friends at work, you're like, hey, I have to, I have to role play or I have to do this in front of, you know, the executive team. I want to role play this with you first. Can you go in there, keep your cameras off? Let me, let me just talk yeah. at you. And then, you know, hopefully ask some good questions. You know, practice, practice, practice. I know everyone always says, oh, do it in front of the mirror. And that sounds so hard and stupid. But in reality, <laughs> the more that you run through that, the more you're going to come in, it's going to be second nature. And then you can focus on your presence as opposed to the content. Yeah. And it makes it a little and- bit easier to take this advice. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say, if you are a nervous public speaker, which there are so many of us. Um, my husband for a long time, he's a recovering attorney, but he did practice law and he, he used to have to go to court and he is an introvert. He doesn't like to argue, which is a little challenging for a lawyer. Um, but he used to create a court persona, like a character, like a, a like an actor would, right? And he would come up with a little backstory for this character, oh, and he would just try to keep that That's in mind, so awesome. right? Like he would just try to keep yeah. that in mind as he was into a room. And I think we all have, at our core, as women, like we all have some sort of corporate persona. I will say, ladies, that sort of dissipates with age. At some point, you're like, screw this shit. I'm I'm just me, <laughs> and you're gonna have to deal with yeah. it. Handle it. <laughs> But, you know, starting out, like maybe it's a good idea for you to come up with your, you know, managing consultant character when you have to present in front yeah. of a client. I love that. Kind of takes uh, the emotion out of it or the, you know, if you're becoming someone else, you can just yeah, settle it, into that. It makes it more, Im- it's impersonal yes, at that point, exactly right? It. You're like, it's not you right. anymore. It's just a character. Um I don't know. Just other some thoughts. And you know what? For a lot of different people. Other tactics. Yeah. And you know what, management consultant in New York City, let us know if this was useful. I know. And also, we would love to hear how this yeah, works Yeah, we want to hear if there are success stories from this. If you're like, oh shit, I tried that in my next meeting and it worked. 
Or didn't. I mean, we'll hear it too. This did not work at all. You guys are the worst. Please don't podcast <laughs> Unsubscribe. <anymore. laughs> I think that's awesome. Um, but I think with that, we, of course, want to hear from you still. We have a form. It's yes. on our socials. If you go to Instagram, uh, you'll see our link tree is in our bio. You can fill out a little form there if you want to be a guest, if you want to share a story, if you want advice. Um, we come party please with us. Come party with us. We really want to hear this. Um, like I said, we're we're really excited about the feedback we've gotten already. So let's keep it rolling. I mean, we're only in episode two. Uh, so we're gonna. This is going to rapidly devolve. Yeah, be a part of of this as as we (laughs) delve into the dark underbelly of being a woman in corporate America. (laughs) Um, So I know we've covered, you know, we've covered some of the negative stuff. Sarah, do you have any like positive feedback that you've received? Yeah, I have. I've actually been really lucky that I've had a number of really amazing leaders And uh, one thing that I feel like sort of goes hand in hand, and maybe I should have saved this for another episode, but I had a mentor a few companies ago uh, that his his big thing was his emails were super direct and super to the point. And I was constantly adding flowery language. You know, you talked about that a little bit earlier. Oh, God. And he... (laughs) Smiley In one of our weekly meetings, he was like, can you stop apologizing for existing can you stop that? Can you stop saying oh, not to bother you, but can you do, can you stop? Cut the shit, Sarah. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and it made me sort of take a look at how my male counterparts were communicating. They, I never felt like when they asked me things, they were being mean or rude. I, they were just stating their needs. Why did I feel like I had to add all this flowery language to that. So he said, stop apologizing for your existence, write your needs and send the email. Stop. And it was, it seemed so simple. And I was actually really angry when I first got it. I was like, I don't do that. And then every email since that time, which was years and years ago, I take a second look at my email and and take out the Hey, hope everything's going really well. Hope your vacation with your kids was great. Hope that this is finding you in, in, a, in a good headspace. Like, not to say that these <laughs> things are are bad. It's just that when I need something simple, like, hey, uh, Courtney, uh, can you help me out with this these two data sets? And um, can you get by the end of the day? Can you just let me know what your findings are? Thanks, Sarah is enough. I don't have to write a paragraph about um, how they're doing. You know, hey, hope things are going well if I haven't talked to them, but I don't need to constantly apologize. Hey, sorry to bother you or any of that. So I I loved that piece. It really changed in just like one sentence that he sort of yelled at me, (laughs) how I wrote my emails (laughs) and how I communicated with people, um, especially with men that I work with, just much more direct. Um, Not to say... Do you still won't find an exclamation point or a smiley face, but of course uh, it's, I'm still a work in progress, even though it has been many years since I got that feedback. Sarah, do you remember, and this really could be like its own episode. We could entitle it font flourishes, Um, but do you remember the feedback that, so Sarah, Sarah is the non-confrontational pair. Uh, I'm a little bit more professionally confrontational. It's just my nature. Uh, so I am a little bit more direct in my communication. 
And I once received feedback and Sarah, this is when Sarah and I worked together, uh, that I needed to add more smiley faces and exclamation points. And I just looked at this. This is from a female leader. So again, women can be just as bad as we men. We have a lot to unlearn. And I just looked yeah. at her. A lot to unlearn. I just looked at her and I was like, if I do that, like people are going to think that I drank this yeah. morning. Like, <laughs> If I got what? an email like that from you, <laughs> I would call you. Are you okay? Like, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just standing up on the ledge. Snap twice if you need me to drive to your house. <laughs> no, I mean, we um, really could do and should maybe do it. I think we should. I think Actually, we should. You know, this, mm-hmm. this kind of led us into a good point. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Have you been told to either tone it down or um, be kinder in your communication? Or maybe you heard from someone like I did, like, stop adding 500 smiley faces and apologizing. (laughs) Uh, Have you run into this? Is this something that you see in your day to day? Uh, I would love to hear about communications as a woman in corporate America. What have you heard? What situations have you run into? As my team like starts to write in, like, yes, Courtney tells me to stop apologizing all the time. She's so annoying. No, that's it. It, it really. I, I talk about this piece of feedback all the time because it was one of the most impactful. I should like text him. One of the most impactful pieces of feedback I have ever received, and it seems you should so text him, and maybe he wants to come on and, he, he so <laughs> and tell everyone. To cut the shit cut and stop apologize for apologizing for and existing. I felt like, like just uh, stop. Anthro- like I was doing like um just like uh research going into his emails and rereading emails he had sent me. Did I feel like that was mean? No, I felt like he just asked me something. Why why would someone read my email as a request or an update and think, oh God, she's so mean? I I don't know why that, and I mean I that's that thought, but that's not to say that men don't send thoughtless oh, emails. Yes. This is a right? different like, sort of thing. The like no salutation, like Sarah, get me X yeah. by end of I day. will also say C. I, not even their name, just like an initial. My like, my biggest pet peeve. Did you just become I, Prince? Like you're just gonna be a symbol? My now? biggest pet peeve, and <laughs> I really should save this for the next episode, is people that can't spell out thanks. And, and just spell THX or please PLS. Like, I'm sorry, is your time so taken up that typing the uh, word? Though, THO? It drives me please out don't. of my mind. You're making, you're making my inner English major scream in horror and also like just cry in yeah, defeat. Yeah, I am, was not an English major, but I still mm, am that's fine. very annoyed by short. <laughs> I spell things out. I use punctuation. It does not add that much time. Uh, but I think we should it, save it the rest of that for our next episode. And I agree. Really, You're right. we want to hear from you. So please uh, write in, use the forum, send us an email, uh, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Pop it in whatever social yes. comment section you are in. We are in. Ginger Rage Podcast on all socials except Twitter, where we are Ginger Rage Pod. Uh, Thanks, Elon, for the character <laughs> limit. It's probably not even Elon's fault, but I'm yeah, gonna blame him it anyway, feels right. Why not? <laughs> um, 
And then we'd like to close our episode with a new segment. And we're really, yes. really excited about this segment. And this is another thing you'll be able to write in about with our women-owned business of the week. And I'll pass it to you, Courtney, to tell us a little bit about yeah, that business. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got it. So this business um, is a craft small batch chocolate company. And they are called – Yeah, no, like they're called they're, – it's amazing. They're called Pinwheel Chocolate. Um and they make these incredible small batch bean to bar chocolates um, with these amazing like wrappers that have this beautiful I was artwork. Just say, and be- I don't even care how they taste. Yeah, it's that- so pretty. Isn't that <laughs> really gorgeous? Pretty. What good gifting chocolate. It's so pretty. A beautiful gifting chocolate. And so they make all sorts of flavors, all sorts of varieties. And what I love about it, this is a mother-daughter duo out of Eagle Mountain, Utah. And uh, they, this is bean to bar, right? Like they are bringing in the beans from a variety of places in South America that are sustainably sourced and fair trade. They bring them to Utah. They roast them themselves in their micro commercial kitchen. And then they hand make every beautiful what, bar. What flavor is that chocolate. one? Wait, and that one. This one is milk and orange, and it's 56% milk chocolate so with orange. And it's from uh, Cayapas River, Ecuador. That's where the beans are from. So every single one of these tells you where the chocolate beans are from. So this one is uh, a 70% Ghana uh, dark chocolate with p- passion fruit, oh, white chocolate mixed that in. Passion fruit is my yes. favorite. Uh, they have like a Mexican dark chocolate that is like spicy and to die for. They have so many options. Like it is amazing how accurately they are able to just capture my feelings, like what my feelings <laughs> taste like in a food. I love that. Like, I also wanted to remind everyone that these are not sponsored. They're simply things we they're like not and want to share with you. And mm-hmm. especially because they're women owned and uh, that's very important to us. So yeah. So Pinwheel chocolate. Please go find them on the socials. Um, find them on Instagram. Uh, they do have an Instagram shop. If you do want to buy direct, the website is pinwheelchocolate.com. Sarah and I are going to find a way that we can link yes. all of these amazing women-owned businesses, uh, maybe somewhere via our link tree. Yeah, so we'll figure tuned. that out. Hopefully it's done by the time we <laughs> post this. Um, and yeah, these these two women are are so amazing. Oh, and it does actually have who the artwork is by. So the ac- artwork is by Jacqueline De Leon. So I think she also has uh, social media. So please go find her. I think she is, if I remember correctly, in the Bay Area of California. Uh, yeah. So go support these amazing women at Pinwheel Chocolate. Delicious. Because I will. Same. Buy buy chocolate before I buy all of it. <laughs> I love it. That is it for us today. Uh, we'll be back. I mean, we're going to definitely check our story or our um, our forum to see what kind of stories you guys are submitting. We can't wait. And our next one, our next episode will be on uh, communication styles via email, exclamation points, smiley faces, and the like. So if you have stories that you'd like to share in that vein, please do. And feel free to share really anything. We're ready. We're ready for you. Do we, do we title it? You can stuff it with your font flourishes. <laughs> I think we might. <laughs> or, 
we'll come up with a pithy name for it. But hopefully, regardless of our nonsense, we'll be able to impart some interesting I stories. Think so. Only if y'all write in, though. So Even better. Send them to us. All right. So episode um, two in the books. Right. Thanks so much for joining us. Episode and two. we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Like what you hear? Be sure to follow along for more Ginger Age. We'll catch you in the next episode.